0: assalamualaikum everyone i hope that you guys are good so i have not uploaded an episode in such a long time and honestly i don't even know where to begin i have learned so many valuable lessons these past few weeks alhamdulillah but it has been crazy and i do have some crazy things going on right now but i'm very very excited to finally have a little bit of time to sit down and talk about just life updates and a couple of the random things and some topics that i gained lots of insight on on the past couple of days with you guys because i feel like it's like a universal theme like this year round like around this time of year I don't know if it's just me that goes through this but for sure there's been a lot to update on a lot to talk about so inshallah this episode will talk about quite a few of those things I don't know where to start but basically my last episode was like February 24 and basically I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday I woke up one day and I started feeling really really horrible and I thought it was because I was having like caffeine withdrawals I didn't drink enough chai and you know whatnot and so the school day went really bad, but I was like, okay, it's just headache, caffeine withdrawal. I'll be fine. And I went home, and I ate, I napped, and I was like, oh, I should be feel- feeling better right now. But I felt like someone literally took the blood out of my head, and I was like, what is happening to me? Like, I feel horrible. And so I decided to check my blood pressure, because my mom literally has those blood pressure machines lying around. I was like, shoot, might not crank myself up? So I did, and I put myself up on the blood pressure machine, and I was, you know, checking it out. And my blood pressure was really, really low, and I was like, that's weird. It's really, really weird, and it was really low, and my mom told me, like, what to eat, what to drink, and she was like, go do that, you'll be fine, go to bed, whatever, and I did, and then I felt like I'd be better, and I was talking to my friend about it on the phone, and, because I've never really experienced that before, alhamdulillah, thank God, thank God, thank God, and my friend's like, you know, I feel like you're stressing about something, you know, when you're, like, overly tense about something, things like that happen, and, and if you want me to be brutally honest with you, in that moment of time, like, within the week, I didn't have much of a tension that would cause need have such extreme low blood pressure to be that low i, I didn't have anything like that i mean like yeah there's school work but like it wasn't that bad you know what i'm saying so the day after i woke up in the morning i drank more caffeine more tea and i was like okay i'll be better went to school i took care of my diet but it was the same that friday however i learned a very very big lesson of my life and it was a lesson that i had to revisit of my life, really, in 2019, I shared that someone's got really, really, really sick, and I'm not talking about no sinus flu, none of that type of thing. It was a physical thing, and it completely ate me up because, like, a lot of doctors didn't know why it was happening at my age. So that was a very, very big trial of tawakal and dua. And alhamdulillah, I've been able to overcome that. So that's something I'm not, I don't really talk about a lot with anyone. And so with that, I learned the lesson of being very, very grateful. And being grateful for your health. And that's the lesson that I revisit really every couple of months. You know, like through little flus, through little sicknesses and whatnot. But this you know, the situation that's been recently happening, it was just so crazy that I didn't even know what to think of it. So that Friday was when it really all went down. And one of the interesting things that happened while I was sick in between this little gap of like four or few days, um, this person comes up to me in the parking lot of school. And, you know, I was just walking, wearing my hijab like normal, like just going inside school. And I had my earbuds in, just, you know, full blast, just walking away, listening to whatever, no music, don't worry. And this person comes up to me and they start walking like they, they wave like hey and I was like okay so they waving hey at someone else I recognized this person because I had like freshman gym with them or something and this person I've seen them quite a lot around a lot oh, I'm sorry around school so I was like okay they're waving at someone else they're not waving at me like what's going on so I didn't bother pausing you know whatever and I just kept walking so this person continues to like wave and then they come up to me and they start walking with me and I'm like What's going on? <laughs> and I quickly like paused it and I was like, What's happening? And they go, Hey, I wanted to ask you and the first thing that happens in my brain, I was like, What's gonna happen? Is this a prank? You know sometimes like people be doing weird stuff like pranks and I was like, Okay, where's the cameras? And I'm looking around. And they're like, Are you Muslim? And I was like, Great. Great. This person's gonna do dawah on me. My school sometimes has Bible club days and I was like, Okay. I know where this is going, you want to do parking lot Dawah, I will be late, I will get a tardy pass, I will do parking lot Dawah, because I, I take any moment, okay? Actually, no, that's not what happened. And I was like, yeah, I'm Muslim, and the person goes, oh, I have a Quran at home, can you tell me if it's like the legit, real thing, if the translation's right and whatnot? And I was like, hmm. Okay, sure. And I was like, okay, that wasn't that bad. I was panicking for no reason. And then I gave them my Instagram and I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Like, good luck, whatnot. And I go into school. And then I I feel like that situation really made me realize that, you know how we always say, girls especially... I'm not you know trying to be mean but we all do complain a lot about the hijab oh it hurts this it does this and this and I was rejected from this and whatever whatever but I feel like we do not acknowledge the fact that when you put on the hijab like you're evidently Muslim and I'm gonna tell you to be truthful I have had bad experiences in my life where people have said things about me you know the typical explosion terrorist like I've I've seen the nine yards even when I was very very young I've had people ask me questions that I were like that kind of like I it just didn't felt like it was coming from the right place. I've been in those situations before in my hijab, and this was one of those first times in my life where I was like, wow, like someone recognized me for being Muslim. That person probably would have not come up to me if I wasn't wearing my hijab. And then they found me in this literally in this county where there's like a handful of hijabis that don't even go to the same school as me. So it's a miracle. And I felt really glad and I felt really blessed that God had guided me. And inshallah, you know, whoever that person is, may Allah guide them to Islam. I mean. So anyway, um, Friday. Right, that's when I went down. So I get myself, I felt really sick in the morning. So I got myself like a Powered Gatorade type thing from the vending machine. And I drank and I was like, okay, good, I'm great. On my second period, that's when I TA as, um, you know, I just help out really doing nothing. <laughs> but I just, I just TA in the back, you know, make coffees, whatever. And I was just sitting there doing my homework and I was staring at my laptop screen. And then my head started spinning and it started spinning so much. And I was like, what's going on? what is going on and then i was like okay i'm not feeling good you know let me just drink and i was drinking you know my juice drinking water and my teacher comes in and you know he's telling me oh hey can you like unpack these weights and like check what's up with them and if the new supply is good one i'm like okay okay and he goes are you okay you look out of breath and i was like shoot i was like oh you know just, just my blood pressure be getting low and i was so embarrassed i was like is that obvious like what's going on whatever so i leave the class and i'm walking to my third third period class and as i'm walking my head starts spinning and i'm like i'm gonna fall like i'm going i'm going to fall like this is it and then my breath started getting very very short i was like i can't breathe i cannot breathe and i when i tell you i could not breathe for dear life i was like what is going on? I need a corner. Like I can't breathe. And I was like, am I having anxiety? Are you having anxiety? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, what am I going to have anxiety about? I have nothing. I'm not stressed about anything. I'm not panicked about anything. I'm not sad about anything. Like what's going on with me? And so I start, I'm like, okay, let me just go get myself something to eat again. Cause I thought that it was like my blood pressure getting low and you know, I was just having a hard time breathing because of it. So I grabbed, you know, I grab myself a bag of chips from the vending machine and I'm running to the other vending machine because I don't know why they do this in my school. But like all the drinks are like far apart. I don't know. So I grabbed myself some chips from the vending machine and I'm going to all the way across to the other vending machine. And by then the bell rings. So everyone starts coming out of their classes. They're all walking in the hallway. And you know, my school's packed and I was like pushing through and I was like, okay, busting up that vending machine, getting myself another um, parade, And I was... Bang in the dang vending machine, got my Powerade, and I start walking. And, you know, I'm just pushing through, going through the people. And in that moment, I'm just staring at the ground, and I'm like, this is it. Like, something has happened to me. And I started hyperventilating under my mask. And I was like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Like, I I can't breathe right now. And my eyes started getting teary. And I was like, okay, I'm just probably getting, like, really low blood pressure. And so when I get to class, I'll sit down, I'll eat, I'll drink, I'll be fine. So I get to class, I sit down. And, you know, that teacher in particular, she always wants us to put our phones up and i've never been a kid that had a problem with putting my phone away like you know up on top she doesn't want kids to be on it during class i mean i don't, you know we're seniors in high school now i don't know why we do it but you know i was i never complained about it because i'm okay with it so i feel like now i really realized how dangerous that could low-key be for a child especially if you know you're not feeling okay and i'll get into that discussion a bit later but um i put my phone up and I sat down in my seat and I'm like, okay, let's, let's start eating. I eat, you know, I ate an apple. I had some bag of chips and I was drinking my Powerade, but it wasn't stopping. Like I couldn't breathe. So I started doing some research. Like, what do you do if your blood pressure is super low? Cause I thought it was my blood pressure. And it was like, oh, put your head like down between your two knees and like, you know, let the blood flow circulate. So I did that. And right when I put my head up, I was like, I'm going to fall. And I couldn't breathe and then the bell rang and I ran and I grabbed my phone and I texted my mom I said mom get me out of here check me out even though I'm 18 my school has this thing that even if you drive to school you come on your own whatever your parent has to know that you're checking out so your parent has to call the school and be like hey I'm letting my kid out to school I don't why they do that but I guess it's just like the cases you know a lot of kids if you do not have apparent accountability with it they would not ever pop up at school and they would just leave whenever and I feel like that's a whole other discussion that I feel like people and kids really in general that want to be held liable for their education that want to learn they will do it regardless they will make a way but people that don't they just don't no matter how much accountability no matter how much pressure you put So sometimes I feel like, you know, rules like these, they're very inconsiderate, especially when a kid's very sick. I know that in some classes I have this, you know, certain professors where I've seen cases like this. They're like, you're not giving late work. Like, you're not going to give late work. You're not going to miss one day of class. If you do that, like, don't even think about me helping you. I'm not going to care. And I feel like teachers like that, now that I think about it, you know, now that I'm a little bit older, it's absolutely insane because I feel like. Not only can a person be sick. They're like, oh, you need a doctor's note. Y'all know that some people get sick and they just can't get doctor's appointments. Or some people get sick and they literally can't go to the hospital. And then there's some people that also have mental health crises. Where, like, they're emotionally so broken down. Like, you can't get a doctor's note for that. Okay? There's certain situations where you just can't. Besides the point. Anyway, um, I grab my phone and I text my mom. Like, get me out. I literally can't breathe. I'm hyperventilating. And I avoid texting my mom messages like that. You know, because I know she panics. But... I I gotta get her to check me out so my sister was on my mom's phone sees the message she goes okay you know I'll call the school whatever I put my phone away because again the teacher needed it to be away and I sit down in my seat and it's 10 o'clock and I'm like okay whenever they call they the office calls my teacher the teacher lets us out that's the order your parent calls the office the office calls the teacher then you get out I was like okay it's 10 o'clock you know I'll be out in like five ten minutes and I'm sitting there, and I start getting up. I start sitting down. I start getting up. I start sitting down. The teacher turns off the light. She starts teaching, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, no, I, I can't be here. Like, I need, I need to run." But another thing with my school is like they're very, very cautious and very, very mindful. If a kid just gets up and runs out of class, like they find it very disrespectful. Like even if you throw up, they're like, "Oh, you could have told me." You want, like, what do you want me to tell you? I'm about to throw up while I'm throwing up like that. That's not gonna work. So I felt like I had to throw up. I felt nauseous, and it was really bad. So I started sitting up and down, up and down, like I'm going. I'm hyperventilating and I'm breathing heavy. Like I, I didn't want this, I didn't want anyone to notice, and no one was noticing. Thank God, except like you know, like the two three girls that I was friends with, and no one said anything to me. And I feel like everyone probably thought that I was having like an anxiety moment or something. And I was like, I can't do this. So time comes and it's like ten ten and I'm like, Why hasn't they checked me out? I asked my teacher, I'm like, Did you get a call from the office? Like, I need to be going. She goes, No, I didn't get a call and I was like, Okay crap, what's happening? So I got up and I was like, I told my teacher, I'm like, I have to I have to go out and then she was just like, Okay. So I go out in the hallway and I'm hyperventilating and I'm like, I can't stay in school because I'm going to pass out. So I go back inside and I'm like, I need to grab my phone. And I just grabbed my phone and I walked out and I text and I started calling my mom and I'm crying literally in the bathroom. I'm like, mom, why aren't you checking me out? What's happening? I can't breathe. I feel like I'm gonna pass out here. Like, you know, call, like get me out of here. My mom's like, I call them. I don't know why they're not letting you out. And so my mom calls them again. And this is where I feel like there was a lot of uh, I hate to talk bad about anyone. I hate to talk down on anyone and I don't like to tell anyone how to do their job, but I did feel like there's a lot of mm, mindful lots of unmindfulness in this situation because when someone calls you and they say like oh hey yeah you gotta get my daughter out of there quick like let her go now you should probably read the sign and be like okay yeah she gotta go instead of being in the office being like oh yeah okay let me check her out and then not call like i'm sitting there hyperventilating i can't breathe for my dear life this is your job you have got to check it out i call my mom crying and i'm like get me out of here my mom calls to school again she's like she's literally crying in her class and she can't breathe you have got to call her teacher and let her leave and after my mom applied a little bit of pressure and you know whatnot then i get a call then i get then the office calls my teacher and then the teacher's like okay yeah you can go home i'm so angry at this point because at this point it's like 10 20 10 25 ish i was hyperventilating since nearly 9 50 ish and through hall passing and then getting to class at 10 like i have been on a line for a very very long time especially when you can't breathe and you feel like you need help like that's not that's not something safe and now I'm thinking I'm like how am I going to drive home how am I going to get home like what am I going to do whatever whatever and I'm panicking and I didn't say a word I grabbed my things and I ran out that class and I was like I'm not even gonna know and I'm passing by the office and I see them looking at me and I just I don't even, even want to yell at them I just glared and I just walked through and I was like Allah love forgive me let's still forgive me I was just like I can't and I'm walking in the parking lot going to my car out of birth again feel like i'm a drop of dead again i don't know how it happened inshallah, uh, inshallah alhamdulillah god got me home i come home and i literally collapsed on the bed and my mom was like let's check your blood pressure and it was fine and i was like if my blood pressure is fine then why am i feeling this way my mom goes you got covid and i'm like listen listen let's not get political here i wear them i wear my mask okay now look just just saying i don't people have very political beliefs about the mask They're like, oh, it doesn't work, it does work. Or if you wear it, you're like a raging Democrat, whatever. Let me tell you something. I don't care about either party, and I don't care about politics, especially in the U.S., period. I feel like politics in the U.S. are meant to divide people. You can't tell me likewise. They're meant to divide people. Now, when the discussion comes down to a face mask, people are always debating. Does a face mask work or not? When my school... Had the face mask mandate, people were going crazy that they had to wear that. And the second that the face mask mandate was lifted, and it was, I don't feel like it was a safe time when they lifted it, that's besides the point. People rip them off. People in my school don't wear masks. It's just not that type of school. They don't care. And that's, oh, okay, that's your opinion. Whatever, go, you do it. Okay, cool. But I'm going to wear mine. And I have had people give me weird stares. And I have had people talk weird about people that wear masks still. I wear mine because I know how my immunity is. And I know that I also have a family to come home to. I, on the other hand, I don't want to take that risk. Now, I know that some people, they think overly deep about it. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, they're trying to control you. It's a political agenda. Baby, I don't care baby, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I'm doing this because I'd rather be safe than be sorry. It's not anything political to it. It's just safety. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather be safe. Whether or not it worked or not, that's a different discussion. I like to take my precautions. That's it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be a blind fool and take any precaution that anyone tells me. that. that's a completely different discussion. But I, I took my precaution, right? And I'm like, mom, I always wear my mask. Like, this, mm-mm. Like, the way that I be wearing my mask all the time, no. Mom's like, that That doesn't matter. Like, you can still get it from someplace. And I was like, no. Like, no. Like, it, it's like COVID's over. Like, it's not over. But at least where I'm at in the county, like, it's not that severe anymore. At this point now, alhamdulillah, it's not. But it was over, at least where I'm at. And what's so sad is that, this doesn't sound really mean, but my school and, like, places here, they sometimes like to act like COVID's just over in the South. Like, it doesn't exist sometimes. COVID's just... It wasn't a real thing so they really doubt they really played this narrative that it never happened what are you talking about that was a whole joke that was a political scheme and, and i'm like okay people were dying because of this now where i live yes COVID is practically the cases are very very low so it's near the consider it to be over now around the world that's a different thing right so i'm like it's so low it's very unlikely like how did this happen my mom's like okay well sign up go get yourself a rapid test and so i'm looking everywhere for a rapid test i'm going and then i found like a cvs that I was doing a rapid test i text my friend about it my best friend and i was like hey i'm gonna go get a rapid test done i feel horrible whatnot whatnot she's like oh they don't really work i've gotten mixed results from rapid tests but i wouldn't recommend you to do them but whatever it's your choice and i was like no no like you know if 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 it's positive it's positive if it's negative negative it's negative. like it, it will be fine But uh, i drive down My mom takes me to get my rapid test done. I get my rapid test done. And they say, like, oh, your results will come in an hour. And I'm like, okay, great. I come home. I feel horrible. I feel nauseous. I still feel, like, horrible. And I collapsed in the bed. And my results come. And it was negative. And I was like, alhamdulillah. Like, I made lots of dua because I did not want to go on quarantine. Because my school still makes you do that. And mm, it sucks. I mean, it sucks generally. You should be quarantining if you're positive, regardless. But, um... Yeah, so Alhamdulillah was negative, and I was like, great. However, it gets worse. Later that day, I still had lots of shortness of breath, and I'm like, well, if it's not COVID, then why do I have so much shortness of breath? Like, why can't I breathe? I genuinely could not breathe. I was walking up and down the stairs, and I was like panting, and I was like dizzy. And just talking about this, oh, God, it makes me feel gross. Around 7 o'clock, I started feeling so bad at night, and I was like, I can't breathe. And My mom's like, all right, let's go to urgent care. Because I never in my life, like, I do not want to be the problematic child that makes their mom and their parents, like, go to the hospital at night. But I was like, I can't handle it. Let's just go to urgent care. It's not a full-blown hospital. It's not a full-blown doctor. It's just in the middle. Let's go to urgent care. Go to urgent care. It didn't work out. And then I had to go to the hospital, basically. I ended up at the hospital, and I was there for, you know, till late night. And, oh my god, I go to the hospital, and I get checked in, and this is so humiliating because it was just like, I was sitting there and I'm like, it's not that big of a deal for me to be at the hospital. Why am I at the hospital? I don't want to be at the hospital. And they did everything that you could think they did on me. X-ray scans, heart stuff, you know, blood pressure, blood draws, everything. And everything came back fine. And I was like, what? Y'all what is this? And now I'm sitting there and you know like i said i told my parents i'm hyperventilating i can't breathe for your life and i couldn't and my parents were just sitting there staring at me like really really you made us sit here all night but there was one thing one result from the hospital that i was not able to get and that was the long covid test that wasn't rapid and they said to me we will post your results on this app you can go home you can check it out i go home and the app doesn't work and i was like do i have covid do i not and then i had no clue so now i'm here sitting, sitting here thinking like oh crap like i probably got covid i don't know what's happening to me but i can't see on the app so what's going on for like two or three days i couldn't see eventually i saw the results and it was negative alhamdulillah but i'm sitting there in the hospital and i saw all these different people come some of them had their leg broken like those severe cases and then there was this one lady in front of me and oh my god her oh it was so sad i think she had a hip replacement or something like that and she fell and she was like on a wheelchair and her blood pressure was sky high and you know like she couldn't breathe and I was just like oh my god like I I was starting to get really tense and when I was sitting there for hours just waiting for them to like you know take different blood draws do this do that and the machines were just going beep in the back of the noise and I was just like sitting there and I was like what happened to me and in that moment I realized that sometimes Allah makes you lose things that you think you are grateful for, but you're not grateful enough for them. And you have to lose them in order to realize that. Just, I think, maybe earlier in that week, I saw a, vid- I saw a video by Mufti Mink that I posted on my Instagram. And it was Mufti Mink talking about the importance of reading the Quran and how if you even read one ayah a day, you know, it will change your life. And he was saying that you could have cancer, no doctor, no hospital, no one can see it. But it could be inside of you. And because you be reading one ayah of the Quran a day, you, you're here, you're safe. And that video just kept thinking in my head and I was like, well, I don't know what happened to me But I should definitely try to read the Quran and whatnot And I feel like that just really sat with me and it made me realize that a lot of times there's a very, very big difference between letting go and also losing what you love. You know, when you let go, you let go because you know it's bad for you. When you lose it, you don't have a choice. It goes. And you have to accept that it went. You can't sit there and hold on to it for dear life and be like, stay, stay, stay. You know, as much as I wanted my good health this day, as much as I wanted to not be at the hospital, it was a Friday night, I wanted to be at home, do whatever I wanted. I couldn't because there was no choice with me. And now when the results come back and everything's okay, and alhamdulillah, 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 thank God a hundred times, mashallah all that that it was okay um I'm sitting here confused and I'm like why am i not okay they gave me a few medications they were like okay get this tomorrow from your pharmacy and go home my parents drive me home and my mom was like good job you know nothing up in there like really and I was just like I don't know what to tell you like I felt like horrible but I caught home and I sat down on the couch and I still felt horrible like I felt nauseated disgusting my mom was like just go to bed we'll get your medicine tomorrow i woke up i got my medicine tomorrow and by the way that medicine did not work on me and i started to eat it and i was like okay hopefully i'll feel better What What whatnot however it didn't work out with that medicine and then yesterday i believe or the day before i went to the doctor again to get some more medicine and that medicine has some crazy side effects because now mind you i'm on like six different medicines okay i got some from the hospital got some from the house got some because i don't feel good mind you like i'm also on cough syrup you know different like sinuses syrups and whatnot that are already at home prior to going to the hospital so i've been eating a junk of things for nearly a month and like um my mom on friday night just this friday right my mom's like all right go to bed whatnot go to sleep early da-da-da. you'll feel better um i tell my mom like mom what do I do if I end up feeling really nauseated and I feel like I have to throw up? Like, is there anything I should be eating? She's like, oh, you're, you're over panicking yourself. You're overthinking it. Don't worry. Just go to bed. I go to bed and I lay down and it's like 930. And I'm laying there straight, just staring at the ceiling. And I'm like, bro, I got to throw up. Like, <laughs> I have to throw up. And then I switch my side and I'm like, yeah, I got to throw up. And I laid there in bed till like 950, forcing myself that I don't have to throw up. And then I was like, let's just go to the bathroom. I get up and I go to the bathroom. And right when i was like yeah i gotta throw up and so i start like about to throw up and nothing comes out and you know when you're about this is tmi but you know when you're about to throw up how badly your throat starts to hurt and i was sitting there in pain and the one thing that just kept going in my head a part of me was like why is this happening to me like why am i it's been so long can it can this just wrap it up like what's going on and then there was this thing that kept going on in my head and i'll tell you what there is this quran ayah, and i bet you guys have heard of it before where they say, we will surely test you with loss, whether it's of lives, health, whatnot, and something among those lines, and that was going my head, and I'm like, it's just a test, it's just a test, you know, it's just a test, and then, bam, I threw up, and let me tell you, girl, I don't even know where to begin, I threw up, and when I say I threw up, I threw up, like, I was just getting at it, and I was like, yep, that's like one month of supply of medicine, just all up in my body and oh my god i once i was done throwing up i look at myself in the mirror and my face was like red and i was like nauseated and i was just staring at myself i'm like girl it's friday night again i want to have fun like go away like can this wrap it up so you know i clean everything up whatever and i open up the door and right when i open the door my mom and my sister are standing there and my mom's just staring at me and i'm just staring at her and i'm like mom i feel horrible i can't do this and you know i was it was traumatic in the moment, okay? And my mom goes, come to my bedroom. And I was like, okay. And then, she, you know, what else was I supposed to do? My stomach was upset, so I drank some things, and I went to bed. And let me tell you, I feel a lot better after that. I have no regrets. Let me tell you something. If you feel like you have to vomit when you're really sick, just do it. Sometimes you really need it. Like, trust me. I know this sounds really gross. I know it sounds really TMI. But, like, it's just some health advice, you know, from your local doctor who's hasn't even entered college yet. Um... For sure. If you feel like you need to throw up, just throw up. Sometimes really makes you feel better. And let me tell you, that changed everything for me. Like, I felt so much better after that. And that's exactly why I'm here today. So, in this time frame... One of the big lessons that kept going in my head was we will surely, you know, test you with a loss of something. And I felt like that really stuck with me because, you know, we always say, oh, God will test you. God will test you with people. God will test you with heartbreaks. God will test you with a loss of something, sickness. And then like when you're actually going through it, you're like, crap, why me? Why is this happening to me? Like, OK, I know it's a test, but like, why me? Well, because you're not an exception from humankind. Humankind said that it would be tested and humankind will be tested, and I feel like the thing about tests is that no matter how many times that happened to us, every single time we're like, god, again, again, and you know, I was watching, I was hearing this hutba on this ayah, and I bet all of you guys know this ayah with hardship comes ease, right, and he was saying how anytime we mention this ayah, everyone goes, oh, Okay, this is gonna be a basic lecture, basic khutbah, whatnot, because we talk about this eye a lot. But I feel like there's a lot of different perspectives that this eye could be viewed as. With hardship comes ease. I feel like one thing that was really beautiful that was mentioned in the twitpa as well was that God has never undermined your hardship. He's never said, Oh, yeah, with small hardship comes small rewards. Oh, with really, really, really big hardships comes reward. He never said that. He said, With hardship comes ease, which means that it doesn't matter what type of hardship you're going through, it doesn't matter if it's a little loss, big loss, tragedy, there's ease for it. And not just any type of ease. Ease in this world, ease in the ahira, depending on situation, maybe if you're lucky, even in both. So God has never undermined any type of hardship. He's never said, With small hardship comes ease. He's never said that. He said with hardship comes ease, which means regardless of whatever hardship you're going through, whether it's big, small, medium, whether you think it's even significant in your life or not, you are going to be granted ease with that. And that is the whole point that kind of sat in my head. So yes, there is an ayah where God does tell us again multiple times, we shall certainly test you with a loss of some kind. You will lose health. You will lose people. You will lose things that you love. You will lose situations you might not get into the dream school you want to go to. You will lose yourself. You will lose things. But that doesn't mean that you can't regain those things. Now, yes, there are certain losses that you will lose. You won't be able to get them back for life. But does that mean that the reward won't compensate for it? Of course it will. God will reward you. And that reward will either come in the Ahara again or here. And that reward will compensate what is lost. And I felt like that really stuck with me that God is never going to tell you the standard of your hardship and the standard of your reward. It is about how you keep patience and how much tawakal you keep in him that will make your reward greater. You can be frustrated right now and be so panicked because maybe you lost something so expensive or you got in a really big car crash. You can be very panicked and although you are okay, you're very, very worried about your car because it's broken down, right? Something expensive. Now, god doesn't say well it's just a worldly thing you know um it doesn't matter that that's not that big enough hardship no if you sit here and you go through this trial with patience with Sabbat with the wakal that okay inshallah you know god will bless me with the wealth god will bless me with the situation to get my car fixed to get me you know in my right position why not because the, the, that duration where you could have been panicking you could have been stressed you could have been having anxiety you replaced it with patience Likewise, we're also told that God is with those that are patient. So when you are patient and you are going through hardship, regardless of how big or small it is, you will be rewarded for it. Another thing that I'm gonna really talk to you guys about is burnout. And I know that this episode might sound a little bit personal, and I'm I am trying to be very brutally honest in this. And with this concept of burnout, I'm also gonna tell you the truth about starting a podcast because baby, I got a lot of tea on this one. Okay, lots of tea, and you'll see how these topics link up together. Essentially, burnout. I have been. Well, let me give you a brief. You know, idea of what my life is like outside of this podcast so i wake up you know around like six something in the morning i go to school um i also take care of my brother uh come home make food sometimes if my mom hasn't made it but you know whatever uh do homework <laughs> lots of essays i have work to do and then i sometimes sit down i like obviously every day i try to read the quran three pages and then i also have to do memorization of the surahs that i memorize you have to revise those because if you don't do revision, how are you ever going to become a hafizah you know that's the dream so that comes into play then i'm really really tired by then so i take a nap and after that nap i wake up i get my stuff ready again for school tomorrow because i wake up early get my clothes ready i make sure to make lunch for myself tomorrow uh, then I sit down, and I also read the English translation of the Quran, Hadiths, try to get take some time out to gain some knowledge. Mind you, I also need physical exercise to take care of my body, so then I try to get that in. And then, of course, again, I have house chores. I'm a child. I'm <laughs> like, I live with my parents, duh. House chores, you know, washing the dishes, cleaning the litter, taking care of my cat, sweeping, mop, whatever, you know, that stuff. And then, of course, I also have to take care of myself, so I have to eat my nightly routine, my nightly medicine, have a night routine, make sure I'm taking care of myself. So I have a lot, and this is just like the brief, brief subjects. There's a lot of other things that just come up in between, right? So I have things that I need to be doing. And while doing those things, I run this podcast. Now, let me give you a brief insight. People think that when you run a podcast, it's just a podcast. You're just sitting upload upload audios. No, baby, no. When you have a podcast, at least for me personally, if you're going down this route where you want your podcast to be known by you want it to reach people, you know what I'm saying? You want the word, the stuff that you want. You want to promote Allah's message. Of course, we're doing this first and foremost for Allah. And you want that to get to places, right? So what do you have to do? Well, while having a podcast, I manage a TikTok. I manage a Discord, which, alhamdulillah, has lots and lots of girls in it. But with lots and lots of girls comes the responsibility. Because I have to make sure that everyone that joins is a girl. So then what do I have to do? I have to verify people. I have to hear their voices and I have to see that, okay, yeah, this is a girl. Then I have to go back on Discord give them a verification role, And I have this law where if you don't verify within two days, I kick you out. So then I also have to be mindful about who joins and who I got to kick out. In the midst of hundreds and hundreds of girls, it's very easy to lose track. In the midst of homework, it's very easy to lose track. Run a Twitter. I try to post on there now and then. Instagram is my main thing. I'm always on there. TikTok used to be my main thing, but now I'm a lot more on Instagram. Reels, posts, comments, TikToks, The list goes on. And then actually sitting down, taking out the time to upload audios, editing them together for a podcast. This is just a brief idea of what goes down. Now, there's one thing that I like to do that other podcasters may do, may not do. I don't know. I like to answer my DMs. And the way that I used to answer my DMs is I used to wake up every morning. Well, it started off with me answering them 24-7. I was always on my phone. Got a DM. I answered it. That schedule started getting really bad for me because I started getting really, really sick. And, like, tired. Like, my eyes were always hurting. I always felt drained. I always felt nauseous. It was not a good thing because I was always on my screen. So I stopped doing that. And then I started replying twice a day. I would reply in the morning, reply in the evening. However, the DMs, alhamdulillah, like, I'm not trying to complain or be like, oh, my God, I'm so famous. No, 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 I'm a normal person. And wait till you guys hear how much I've made from this podcast. I'll share that, too. But when I, I like to leave my gates open so anyone who needs help, they can come and ask me and we can talk. But, um... When you have multiple people DMing you, you also want to give them the best version of you. You read their situations or you hear all their voice notes. You also got to type up a big thing after that to make sure that you are providing them a good help. You don't want to just say to them, oh, yeah, be patient. Have somebody, Yeah, thanks for DMing me. Bye. I don't like to do that. I like to sit here and I like to hear your problem, like to fix it out with you, right? So that takes time. And when you do that morning and evening, again, there's not enough time. And one thing that I'm going to be brutally honest about, I'm not like trying to put myself on a pedestal. And be like, oh my God, I have it so hard. I should have prefaced this before I started. And oh my God, you know, I have so many followers and I'm so getting I'm getting so many listens and I, I'm living in the hills, like I'm, you know, so busy with, you know, social media and helping people. Like God has blessed me so much. That I have this opportunity and you don't. like, No, that is not the pedestal that I'm on. And that's not the pedestal that I'm trying to refer to. So if if I, you know, I hope I don't come off that way. Inshallah, it doesn't. But I'm going to be as brutally honest about my feelings with you guys as I could be. I've sometimes read DMs that completely like shattered my heart. And like really made my day dark. Really dark. Like super dark. Like it was, you know, about people's traumas. And it was very, very scary. Some of those DMs, those DMs, honestly, if you want me to be brutally honest with you, some of them have kind of impacted my life and the way that I choose to live and the way that I carry myself because some of those stories were that mind-boggling, really. And I've talked to, like, you know, other people that have podcasts or that are really, they do a lot of social media work. And I asked them, I'm like, so what type of DMs do you get? They're like, oh, we just get, like, daily life. Like, oh, you know, if you're having struggling to pray and stuff like that. And, they were, and I, I told them, like, a brief, just a general of what I get. And they're like, oh, we don't get DMs like that. So, you know, it's understandable why you're feeling so burned out and whatnot. And they were telling me how they never really get DMs like that. And I was like, crap. Like, <laughs> is it just me who's getting all this? And um, when you read those, again, morning, night, it really gets to your head. Because then you start sitting there. And if you're a person like me who likes to fix other people's problems and, you know, you want to be there for everyone... You can give amazing advice, you can do all that, and yeah, you may be able to provide someone comfort, but you need to remember that first and foremost, the test is decreed from Allah, the help is also from Allah. So, as much as you want to wish that you were in that hardship with them and you were getting it out with them, um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Likewise, I can sit here and share my problems with you guys, you guys can give me very sweet advice, which you guys do, but will that take me out of the hardship completely? No, that's going to change my mindset, and that's the thing god will give you sources of comfort but getting in and out of hardship is god's decision it is not ours so that was one thing that i really had to internalize and i was talking about quite a few people like you got to internalize that you cannot make someone's problems go away it's that's just not how it works you can help them but at the end of the day no matter how much you try to comfort or go through whatnot it's it's Allah's decree so really like after i really put that in my head i was like okay I can try my best, but that's all I can do. That's all I can do. There's nothing else I can do after that. And what happened was, again, you know, reading such dark things sometimes and then constantly, constantly, constantly also doing verifications, whatnot, like it got to my head to the point that I, again, didn't feel good. And I want to be brutally honest with you that throughout this journey, whenever people excessively compliment you and they say, oh, your podcast is great, you're so knowledgeable, you're this, you're that, even as much as you don't want to get on a pedestal, and I avoid ever thinking highly of i i avoid ever giving myself a high position that i don't deserve you know some people they're like oh my god you're so knowledgeable are you an alima i don't ever like to even put myself or imagine that i am that position now of course i wish inshallah that i will reach that one day right inshallah get the education for that but words aren't enough you need a lot of more logical and there's a lot of more education that goes behind that so i'm never going to act like i am i'm never going to put myself on a pedestal that i don't deserve And I'm never going to, you know, act superior and be like, oh my God, you know, I have a podcast. I'm so great. No, I don't ever like to do things like that because where is this arrogance coming from? There's no reason for you to be having an arrogant, arrogant manner, period. If God has blessed you with a platform to help people, if God has blessed you with the ability to talk to people and help people and whatnot, then hello, this is a blessing. This is not something that you need to be getting arrogant about. You can take five ten years to build an empire and it can come crashing down in three days you know that so yes it's hard it's very hard to build platforms it's very hard to sit there post your work on like 10 different social media sites have people listen to it's hard but you also need to remember that this doesn't give me any liability to be arrogant it doesn't give me any pedestal standard to be like oh my god see i do all this i'm so amazing people love my work no no, this is from God. And I always tell people this all good that you hear, that you see, that you whatever it is, it's from God. It's not from me. And all bad that you catch on me is probably from me because I'm I'm the one that makes the mistakes. So it's God that grants goodness. It is not me. So people constantly compliment, they're like, Oh, you're doing so great. Your advice is great. This is God. And if you feel like some of my words have changed you, that is also God that has allowed that change come, to come to you. Change doesn't come to someone unless they want to change their condition. And if listening to my podcast have changed your life, then trust me. You have a hand in that, and God, of course, first and foremost, has the biggest hand in that. I don't. I am no one in this. So that's why I always try my best to give back and do good because God has had a mercy on me and gave me this position to help people. And inshallah, everyone that listens, helps, reshares, posts, whatnot, just everyone in general, I hope that this can be siddhika jari for all of us. And this can be like a big project that we all, you know, benefit from on the Day of Judgment. So, I mean, um, so yeah, that's why I try to give back and help as much as I can because this isn't my work, this is God's work. And it always, inshallah, you know, God will always have his mercy upon that. But with those things comes liability because when people put you on a pedestal they think oh yeah you know like she's so amazing she's this she's that and again alhamdulillah so grateful for your timers. i love you know reading your dms sometimes it's very very common to think that you're pleasing people more than you're pleasing god which is something that i go through quite often where if so many people are like pleased with my work and they're like you're so great you're this you're that but my iman feels down or i'm reading quran and let's say i keep messing up or let's say i'm trying to understand islamic concept but i mess up or i can't focus in my prayers like something like among those lines right i start to think like am i messing up have i started people pleasing more am i not doing god pleasing like and then i think i'm like well i'm trying my best to post podcasts dm people talk to people on instagram i'm trying my best to do all that i can right in regards to good deeds but then i'm like you are you doing that for the people or for god and of course the intention is always for god that's what i've started off doing all this work by for god i need you know i could use some Hasanat. so we're all doing whatever we do for god and for the day of judgment and to be granted paradise inshallah and um so of course that's always the intention, but I don't think a lot of people talk about how often you actually have to renew your intention. A lot of people have messaged me saying, "I want to start a podcast. I want to start a podcast. Can you teach me how to start a podcast? No problem, I'll help you." But one thing that I probably that you'll probably I'll tell you, I'm going to be brutally honest with you right now too. You are going to go through a wreck, a wreck, really a wreck of emotions, if your podcast starts to really hit hit a bigger scale. Is that a bad thing? No. But do you have to be very, very mindful of your intention? 100%. Yes. If you let your intention slip after your podcast, it's an upscale, bro. You, bro, bro, this is a plan. No, don't. Let me tell you why. Because the same platform that you're using, saying, oh, I preach God's word. You should be praying. You shouldn't be listening to music. You should do this. You should be respectful to your parents. And then you turn off this mic, bro. And on the next hand, you're skipping your prayers. Or maybe... You know, you're not skipping them, but you're just, you don't care enough to, maybe you're too busy, caught up in this work, caught up in promoting God's work instead of actually implying it to yourself as well. And then let's say, I know, I do know that that happens sometimes really, where you're sitting here telling people, preach, you're preaching the deen, and then you also don't have time yourself to to learn and imply the deen, which is something that... (sighs) it's really bad don't ever let that happen to you i'm telling you it's going to ruin you i went through really bad burnout for months months bro on months why because i was trying to constantly answer help answer help answer help people because i was like okay this form i'm doing it for god god knows i'm doing it for him this is my intention to help people right to do it for god's sake that's always the intention but you need to remember that sometimes you have got to recharge yourself your health for god's sake why? Because first of all, this body is in a It's not from you, okay? This is not to you, from you. It's not going to stay with you. No. This body is something that God has gifted you. So now you got to take care of it, right? Your body has hak over you. We're told that in multiple hadiths, your body has hak over you. So now that you know your body has huck over you, this body is not yours sure that by any means... You should be taking care of what God has given you. You want to help people, you have to help yourself first. How are you going to help people if you can't help yourself? And that was something that I was going through so much because within school, you know, cooking, taking care of the house, whatever, like doing all that and answering DMs, I had no time for me. So when it came down in bed and I laid down close my eyes and I'm thinking of my own problems, I don't have enough time to even think about what I'm going to do, nor do I have enough time to rationalize, how am I actually feeling? Because you actually have to take a really good register of what you're actually feeling. A lot of days you'll feel like you're feeling nothing, like you'll feel empty. And the question is, why are you feeling empty? Why are you not feeling content? Like I didn't have those time to answer, my, uh, answer those questions to myself. And this was practically the case for my entire time, really starting a podcast. So it became very, very emotionally draining for me because as much as I loved what I did, I felt like my passion was being taken out because. I was trying to perceive and put myself in positions that I wasn't ready to handle at that moment and I think one of the big lessons that this you know sickness brought to me was that you don't have to do everything on your own I it was like a miracle I had this girl reach out to me and she goes hey do you need help with your discord I can like you know help manage things and verify people and I was like she instantly texted me I was like no 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 I'll think about it no no why because well i've always been that type of person that wanted to do everything on their own i once had a mod they left (laughs) situation didn't work out right whatever but like i just i'm one of those people that like even if it's a group project like i'll just do everything why because i just feel like i have more more control that way am i controlling individual to other people absolutely not but am i controlling of like schoolwork projects like things that i'm individually working on project wise i do like to know what's happening i like to be there doing it right so I'm always very, very careful about who I let in in my circle and who I let in to help me because it took me so long to build and get things to this point. Now, of course, it's all oh, Allah's mercy. I'm not trying to say that I did all this, but, you know, it takes lots of time to constantly post TikToks, make TikToks, Instagram reels, like, it's eye-draining. And then on top of that, Discord, like, it takes really, really long time verifying people. I don't want to let anything happen that may make the situation slip up or whatnot, right? So, it becomes very difficult, and so I never ask for help, I just don't get help, and a lot of people, I actually had someone once ask me, like, do you do all this, like, do you have a team to help you, and I'm like, team, I am the team, (laughs) it's morning me, evening me, afternoon me, okay, I am the team, but I know that in quite a few cases I needed help. And I felt like I didn't want to accept the fact that I needed help because I was like, oh, it's it's not that it's not that big. You know, you're overreacting. And why why do you need help? You don't need help. Don't ask anyone for help. But that's really bad. And it wasn't until I got really sick that I was literally sitting there in my car, nauseating about a throw up, and I was sitting there answering people's DMs and I was like, hey, I hope you feel better. And I'm like, I'm going to throw up on the other end. Like, literally, I was like, why? Like, And I was like, don't you think that you're not doing this out of, like, want anymore? You're doing this out of obligation. And I was like, that's not what I want for myself. I want what I do, my podcast, my, you know, whatnot, to be a passion. And I want it to be something that I do on the side as something I love, which I still do, which is why I'm here, right? But when you make something an obligation upon you, and you have to do certain things that you might not like about it, it can really, really drain your passion. And that was what started happening to me, which is why I didn't upload an episode for so long. My passion started getting drained. And although while I was getting DMs, people tell me, you're doing great, I love your podcast, don't ever stop. I was sitting there like, great, thanks, thanks. But I was sitting there literally, red eyes, swollen, nauseated, about to throw up. And I was like, I have to upload an episode. I have to post. I have to help people. And I, you know, I'm like, you can't even help yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like when I really internalized the fact that I was being very, very cruel to myself. Because as much as I sit here and I preach, you know, self-help, heal, take care of yourself, take make time for yourself. I realized that I was not doing that as much as I should have. And it wasn't until I really got sick that I had to internalize that and really put that into perspective where I was like, I gotta change my schedule. So I decided from like really two, three days ago that from now on I'm only going to be answering DMs once a week. And I know that some people, they might not like that. Some people will like that. But for me, that's, that's so far, it seems like it will be something that works for me. So I can have one day where I just talk to people, I post whatever, because that's what I could afford at the personal and health state that I am at. Now, I personally don't like to, you know, I like to always be active, but that's not reasonable, especially when you're someone that's also going to go to college soon, inshallah. So it wasn't really until I got sick, that I internalized the fact that my routine was very, very toxic to me. And you don't we even have a choice to realize those things until you're put in a position to lose those things, which is exactly what happened to me. I had to lose a good portion of my health, but you know, alhamdulillah, I got got it back, but I had to lose, you know, feeling great all the time, having great health. To realize that I was putting myself in situations that I could not handle long-term. I can't handle long-term reading, you know, really, really scary DMs morning and evening. This isn't meant to be arrogant. This isn't meant to be mean. This isn't meant to criticize any of those people. But it's you have to make a time for that because if you're reading that first thing in the morning, you're reading late at night, your head starts to spin because those situations, some of them are very, very scary. So you have no choice but to internalize those things and start to think about them much more deeply that your problems and their situations start to mix and you start to think so much about life and whatnot. And that's not good. And I realized that like, as much as you may be doing this for the sake of Allah, if your health is going down the drain, in it, it's not good. You need to take a step back. And so that's exactly what I did. I took a step back. I didn't post. I didn't DM anyone. I was like, okay, I got to take some time out. I took some time out. I felt amazing. I'm still recovering, so I'm still taking some time out. But I felt so much more better. And I was like... I got to be a lot more wiser because something you love doing can become something you absolutely hate so quickly if you make it a burden on yourself. And that's the thing about burnout. When you're burnt out and you don't focus on the fact that you're burnt out, you go on extreme lows. And I was on like an extreme low. And extreme lows eventually turned to depression and I didn't want to turn on on that path. So that's why I took, took some time out feel like really you have to let go and you have to lose things that you love in order to realize whether you are able to sustain them or not you may be really really in love with someone and you think like i cannot ever lose this person i can't let this person go no 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 like i'm gonna die and then when they actually leave or when you actually have to lose them then you actually realize that practically my routine practically me my health it wasn't a reasonable me you weren't a reasonable rational you you were making impulsive decisions you were very you were being very manipulated you weren't happy at all so you have to internalize those things by having to lose and let go of certain things that you love now is it going to happen that sometimes you might lose things and let go of things that might be really 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 good for you It's very possible. Of course it is. But does that mean that God won't give you something better in return? Of course he will. Of course he will. Why will he not? If you bear it with patience, why will he not? People think that every single little, little thing that you lose in life is bad that's not true we have people that we die that are very 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 good loved ones they're very good people they're really pious they grew on our mind but they died they passed away that's just the cycle of life it's easier said than done of one hundred percent sometimes you may have to let go of someone that you really really loved and has a really really good person because simply maybe you couldn't reach subpar, or they couldn't reach your subpar, but that doesn't mean they're bad people, that doesn't mean they're toxic people, that just means that sometimes you need to take a time away from them, and that's the thing, it, you should be taking time away from everyone and everything, and in the beginning I was very against this concept of isolation, and there's a very big difference between really isolation and like extreme depression isolation, isolation of just standing away from people for a little bit you know spending a night alone taking time out to take a register of yourself and then extreme isolation when you're depressed and you physically emotionally can't contact anyone that's not good at all because you should never allow yourself to fall to those deep ends because those deep ends just take you even more deeper to depression so don't allow that but when you are in isolation I read this thing once and it was like you have to isolate yourself if you want to surround if you want to live in this world, like you've got to take time out for yourself. And the prophet, peace be upon him, he used to go to the cave of Hera and he used to sit there sometimes. And you know, it was just him. Like it was just chilling alone late at night sometimes, whatever it may be. But he used to take time out to be away from everyone, to go there. Right. And he had loved ones. He left them behind and he used to go there. He loved his wife, peace be upon her. And let me be pleased with her. I'm sorry. But he left her behind and he used to go to the cave and sit there for some time. It, it's normal. You have to do these things to take time out for yourself and to really internalize why you're doing what you're doing. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? You have to do that, right? So that is the one thing that I want to tell you guys that when you let go and you have to lose something, whether it's both or either or, you aren't going to you know, be at the end of the world. You're not going to die. You're not going to have it the worst that anyone has ever had it because people have had it worse. Now, whether you lost someone you love, your health, your wealth, whatever it may be, It gets better. It always does. And people don't like to say that it gets better. But you know how how it gets better? Let me tell you when it gets better. When it gets better, you might not necessarily be able to see it firsthand, but you will see it in your lifestyle. When it gets better, you might be able to sleep better at night. When it gets better, you might be able to wake up without having to cry and think about what happened. When it gets better, honestly, you realize that you deserved better. You realize that it could have been different, but you got what was better for your end. So that's what it means when people say it gets better. When it gets better, really, you start to realize that I'm coming to a point of acceptance with what is and what won't be. So I cannot force myself to believe that I will be unable to ever live and breathe and you know whatever without this certain individual or I let go of this and how am I gonna go on? You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Trust me, you will. As much as you don't want to believe that you will, and if you want to sit there and you know internalize that, oh my, I'll never be fine again, then okay, then go ahead and don't be fine. But you will be fine of course you will that's the thing that's how god has made us you come alone you die alone that's just one of the big parts of life and now another thing that i want to touch base on is don't be so against getting help i reached out to that girl who offered to help me absolute sweetheart she fixed everything for me you know and now she does it she does all the verifications for me so i decided that i want to invest my time And, you know, actually reading and helping a lot, helping out a lot more on emotional level to some of the things that you guys DM me about. So I don't have to worry about, you know, verifying who's a girl, who's not a girl. Is there a boy danger in the discord? Like, I don't have to worry about that because now I have someone that I trust and she's doing it great. And she's so amazing. She's so sweet. So I'm very, very happy with that. Right. So there's nothing wrong with getting help. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking time out for yourself. Now, when the discussion comes down to money, which I did want to talk about is, again, I've had lots of girls ask me, how do I start a podcast? And I've also seen TikToks where girls are like, oh, I'm starting a podcast and I catch that bag. Hey, girl, I got some news for you. I got some, I got quite a few news for you. Let me start off on that. Well, for starters, let's talk about how you can make money off your podcast. The two main ways that I'm aware of that I know of that are really front on basic. One, ambassador ads. Two, someone subscribes to your podcast. When someone subscribes, they pay you like a dollar or something monthly, right? So, it comes in your account. Um, and the first one, ambassador ads. So, I did not know much about ambassador ads before. And so, I have had some like on my videos, like on my podcasts. But I don't even know if they went through or what. But I'd remove them now that I know more about the situation. But ambassador ads, what's the deal behind them? Essentially... You get to pick as many as you want to put beginning and you want to put a bajillion in the middle. Go ahead. No one's going to say no to you. You put as many as you want. Now, finding a sponsor for those ads is very, very difficult. I have not ever been able to find one. I know that probably there are someone out there that will sponsor different people for their podcast. I haven't ever gotten one pr- personally, and I know a lot of other people probably haven't either. <laughs> so um, getting a sponsor is very, very difficult. Now, when the discussion comes down to ambassador ads, period, well, what are ads typically have? They typically promote something, talk about something, and what do most ads have? Music. I wasn't aware of this like too deeply on what would what, what would the contents be, you know what I'm saying? So I've had I have had some like on my previous podcast. I don't even know if they went through because I don't have a sponsor, but um after I kind of realized that oh crap, like whether or not sponsor or not, I'm not taking that risk of, you know. People listening to my work and then hearing, like, ads that have music in it. I'm not going to do that. So that's why I don't add them anymore. But that's the problem. People like to say, oh, I'm going to make a bag. Well, I hate to bring it to you. It's very unlikely. It's very unlikely for people to even subscribe to your podcast and give you money monthly, because, well, you're not a celebrity. <laughs> simple as that, you're not a celebrity. And I know, for a fact, there are people that have made millions from podcasts. There are people that live in mansions from podcasts. And you also have to remember that these people people also have sponsors. And you want me to be honest with you? This won't hurt. But if you're an Islamic podcast and you're promoting something that's completely different from the mainstream, you're not promoting music, you're not promoting celebrity gossip, you're not promoting, you know, let's talk about drunk life gossip, let's talk about, you know, Friday night plans, let's talk about some good tequila, you're not talking about none of that, you're not talking about mainstream stuff, and you're not giving basic advice saying how you should get hungover on a Friday night, most likely you're not going to get a sponsor. You know why? Because you're not promoting the mainstream message that people want to hear. You're not. You're really not. So is it unlikely? Kind of. Now, am I saying that you will never get a sponsor? No, I bet that there are some people that are, you know, Muslims that run Islamic podcasts and they have made money from it. Good for them. And again, that's great. Mashallah, may, I'm sorry, Mashallah, may they increase, you know, their um blessings and their wealth. There's nothing wrong with that. However, the main sponsors and things like that, those come from a lot of different areas. And when you're an Islamic podcast promoting a completely different message it's kind of difficult. So in my entire podcast career, I have made, guess how much money? First guess, 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 100, 200, maybe a thousand. No, I've made $3.96 my entire podcast career. $3.96 ain't even enough to cash out. You know that? You have to, I think like $10 to cash out. That's not even enough to cash out. Am I complaining? Being ungrateful or rude? No, alhamdulillah, I'm grateful. Those two sweet little people subscribe to me, okay? Very sweet, very loving. I appreciate that. But I don't ever tell anyone to like subscribe to my work because like, you know, I I, I do this as my passion. But um, $3.96, that's what I've made my entire podcast career. That is how much money I've made my entire podcast career. Now you may be thinking what the hell, (laughs) right, and you know, if you were thinking that in any way, shape, or form, I was doing this for money, or other people use podcasts as their main source of money, no, no, Mm -mm. no, trust me, now, have I been able to take my podcasts and, you know, branch out and create like a system where I teach classes, yes, alhamdulillah, I'm gonna be honest with you, that's true, I have had lots of podcast audience that follows me on Instagram, so now I offer classes, like you know i think every other month or majority mostly monthly where i have different courses and those different courses include three weeks of work for you to do there's like one that's on anxiety the next one is going to be on april in during ramadan which will be like how to heal your heart and basically it's like three weeks of work where i post like audios powerpoints worksheets whatnot you do it and i check your work and whatever right so that's that's the that's how i have now you know kind of get a little bit of side money nothing serious trust me nothing serious um i have like four or five people that join so look at me go but um you know i that even though it may not be a lot i may not be sitting here you know living up in the hollywood hills i know that whatever money i make i know whatever i'm doing i don't have a doubt that oh maybe there's music in it maybe there's something in it. i don't have any doubt that's the whole game plan so, yes, while a lot of you are interested in starting podcasts, and I am very proud of you guys, and everything that I'm saying is not meant to, like, you know, unmotivate you, make you feel bad, make you feel horrible. It's not about that. I'm just telling you certain things that you probably didn't hear of before. And if your intention is to make podcasts for money and not, like, also to spread the Dean and whatnot, like, if your intention is just solely money, 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 I'd really check that out because. You know, you do not want to dive into something and, you know, lose your sense of intention or emotion or something like that, trying to chase money. So definitely be cautious of that. And that's my two cents on that. And for everyone that has started podcasts and have told me that I've inspired them. Or just people in general that are starting podcasts, I'm so proud of you. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. But if you decided that you want to do it, I 100% promise you that you have the capability to pull yourself through and make the intention and do great in it. So, inshallah, you know, whoever is willing, whoever is thinking about starting a podcast, do do it. I'm not discouraging you. I'm just telling you to be careful about your intention and be careful about what you're doing it for. There's honestly goodness in everything and just know that whatever work you put out there, it can inspire someone else to start. When I first started my podcast, I never thought a day in my life, anything that I would say even get that far. I never even thought I would get 100 views, but Alhamdulillah, you know, it's God that paves ways and now I'm so grateful to know that I have been able to inspire other people and help other people and change their lives as well. So Alhamdulillah for that. Anyway, so the next thing that I really want to touch base on really in the general concept of all of this of burnout and podcasting and losing and getting what you love throughout this process, there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to lose things that you love. There's going to be a lot of times where you might have to let go of something that you love and um there also might be times where people make fun of you for having a podcast. You know, not a lot of people actually know that I have a podcast. A few people know. A few people have found out, um but I haven't really ever been open about it with anyone because I keep separate accounts <laughs> so um and that's just that's just my thing you know I've had I have had you know of course you'll always meet people that'll have something to say you know some people will be like oh she's a terrorist some people will say that you are a b-word you know like people will always have something to say about you people will always have something to say people will be like oh is it the person with the thing on her head you know who are they Or some people will be like, oh, yeah, they're Muslims. And then, you know, they instantly bring up 9-11. You know, you're going to meet a lot of people that are going to have something to say. And I feel like it really depends on the severity. Do you think that you can take these people down or do you think you can, you know, do you think you just want to avoid it? I feel like my personal battle has always been that I just want to be low-key about what I love and what I do. Because I don't really want anyone here knowing. It's just my thing. It's just the way that I like to go about it. Now, I'm literally going to, inshallah, graduate in like two months so there's practically no reason for me to you know like let out such a big thing that you know I have a podcast and this and that because I just I also don't see a need for it especially with where I'm going and with how you know binding people here are towards Christianity it's it's gonna be a difficult battle that I don't see a reason for me fighting really until especially since I'm going to graduate in two months. I'm going to talk about this topic in particular a little bit more in another episode that I have in mind that I will do, inshallah. But um, I feel like you also have to be very va- wise about what battles are you willing to fight or are you not willing to fight? Yes, of course, doing things in the way of Allah, jihad, whatnot. That's that's... You know, it's a little bit of a separate concept but when it comes in regards to people you know people are going to talk crap about you regardless i have so many cases even recently where people have said things about me and then people came forth and they said sorry da, 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 like i'm sorry or, i cussed you out i'm sorry i said this too. i'm like i'm not mad about what you say about me behind my back you know what i'm saying and i'm going to tell you how I came to that point and how It changed for me because I used to be a person that was like, if you called me a B-word, you said anything bad about me, you said I was mean, like, I would get on you. And I would be like, oh, why are you talking about me? Why are you saying that? Now, I've again, I'll tell you how in another episode, inshallah, because that's a really, really big topic for in my life, how it comes to this point where I just don't care anymore. I don't care what you call me. You can call me a B-word. You can call me you know, rude, disrespectful, I mean, you can call me whatever you want. You know, I know that a lot of girls, they do get pissed off when guys and other people call them the B word, and I'm not going to say it, because we're trying not to call us, come on, Ramadan coming up, just in general, as Muslims, we shouldn't be doing it, right? But um, they get really pissed off about that, and yes, it's disrespectful, yes, it should never happen, you should not be violating any women like that, Muslim, non-Muslim, whatever, that's just not a case. However, um, I know to some extent that some girls that get so mad that they're like ready to jump everyone, like, oh, how do you call me that? Now, I feel like again, you should, of course, stand up for your self respect. You should stand up your grounds. Personally, for me, I'm like, eh, you call me that? Okay, okay. Because, like, if you are just saying, sitting there blatantly, you don't know me, you're sitting here calling me a B word, calling me this, calling me that, go ahead, go ahead. If this is a tangent that helps you sleep better at night, if this is the narrative that makes you feel a little bit big and bad, okay, but the one thing that I don't stand for is right when people like to bring up my religion in it, and I have had that case where, you know, religion, sadly, the first thing that people attack me for is my faith, every single time, without a shadow of a doubt, I, anytime I wearing my hijab, school, anywhere, the first jump that anyone does to insult a Muslim woman is her hijab, you cannot tell me likewise, every single time a Muslim woman gets degraded, humiliated or made fun of by anyone to insult her in any way shape or form by a non-muslim person it always comes with the hijab always people will always start by criticizing the fact that she's muslim i cannot put into words how irritating this is other people do not display their faith openly, other people do not dress in accordance to their faith majority of people who do that are Muslims so what happens, every single time a non-Muslim wants to insult you, the first thing they come out a girl for, is their hijab the first thing they come out a girl for, is her faith and the amount of times that I've been through this is absolutely crazy, because that seems like the only jab people can find that oh, she's Muslim oh, she's the one that does this, she's probably terrorist, she's probably this, she's probably that and that's the sad reality, that not Muslims and really just anyone that's out there to insult Islam and insult you, they probably don't even know you and they don't need to know you. Lots of people who insult you don't actually know you and the only insult that they can think of from the top of their head is the faith that you like to display proudly and openly which is your hijab, which is the fact that you're Muslim. And people love to take that into account, and people love to rub about that, and people love to talk about that, and people love to say that you are a terrorist, and people love to say that you're an extremist. People love to say that you are a mass murderer. That's exactly these things I have seen. I, I've seen the nine yards, trust me. And I'm telling you that this is the only comeback people have. Now, when people do disrespect me for my religion, it gets me mad, because you're not going to disrespect me over my faith. That's I feel like faith is an unbound rule. Like You just don't go there, bro. You don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, family. You do not disrespect family. You don't talk about, if someone has kids, you don't talk about their kids. You don't talk about what you're going to do to their kids. You're not going to talk about their parents. This is not your boundary. There is boundaries that come even when you're insulting someone. And whenever people like to start off with the jab of insulting, especially towards Muslim women, it always starts off with the hijab. It always starts off with that you're a terrorist. It always starts off with you're an extremist. It always starts off like that. Why? Because you wear the hijab. Now, does that mean you're going to stop wearing the hijab because maybe it'll get easier? Absolutely not. A lot of people have this misconception that if you take off the hijab, it gets easier. Taking off the hijab doesn't make it easier. It only makes it harder. How is it going to become easier for you by disobeying God? How? It doesn't get easier. Now is what people are gonna say, is that gonna hurt? Of course it will, of course it will. It hurts me a lot too, it still hurts me sometimes. But does that mean I'm going to be a Netflix series and take off my hijab and be like, oh my God, you know, I'm gonna start people pleasing? No, because I know what I got myself into. I have so many people that talk about my faith, that talk about me, that disrespect me, and have said lots of mean things to me just because I wear a hijab. Does that mean that I'm going to completely break my ground and say, oh crap, someone said something bad about me. Guess it's time to stop being hijabi now absolutely not because when you start to wear the hijab you know exactly what you're getting yourself into you know that people are going to talk crap about you you know that people are going to disrespect you you know that people are going to run their mouth about you you know that you're going to be left out you know that you're going to be excluded you know that people treat you differently in a crowd you know that probably no one will come up and approach you and talk to you you know these things before you wear the hijab everyone knows these things and that's exactly why so many girls struggle with it and that's the problem it's always freedom of speech freedom of this freedom of that everyone here different or same is accepted it's always that narrative until someone that comes around that doesn't look like like you that doesn't act like you that doesn't practice like you comes around then all of a sudden all that freedom and all that narrative we accept everyone everyone can do what they want instantly suffocates a person because you are pissed off that someone does not look the way that you do someone does not act the way that you do and someone is not forced to combine and act the way that your narrative wants them to act i cannot tell you how many people i would have been better friends with if i was just a christian i'm telling you now i would never want that for myself i know my faith and i know that i picked the faith that i like with logicness i also picked it with the fact of intellect i know what i picked and i picked it for a reason right But that's not a discussion a lot of people are ready to have. So you know what you're getting yourself into. And now when it comes in regards to letting go, losing people, whatnot, it's very common that when you let go and lose people, you're going to go through a crap ton of drama. People are going to talk about you, whether those people are Muslims or non-Muslims, whether you're Muslims and you cut someone off. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this scenario where girls have told me that they had to cut off their best friend or someone else because they were not being on their deen. I have had so many times when I've literally met, I can't even think of how many cases from the top of my head, I think nearly so many, seriously bro so many girls tell me about how they have to cut off their own friends because their own friends are acting out on the deen not on the deen and by on the deen i mean like they're not trying to practice you know what i'm saying none of us can completely 100% be like oh i'm perfect i'm you know amazing none of us are like that but you know the attempt the intention they're not doing that they're being very 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 vulgar like all the nine yards and i've had so many people tell me how do i cut her off she's my best friend if i cut her off you know and she's muslim she didn't talk crap about me i'm like so be it So be it. What is she going to say about you the most? Oh, she's trying to act like she's a Muslim. She's trying to act like she's an Alama. She's trying to act like she's this and that. Okay, so be it. The one that tries is better than the one that doesn't try. And if you ever have to cut off someone that's not Muslim and they want to talk crap about your faith, then I guess that's the only job that they could find, that they feel like they have enough confidence to speak out about. But even then, they speak on and criticize your faith by what the media teaches them. Which is funny because we all know the media lies, right? We all know the media has its own narrative. And that's exactly the narrative that you guys love to run. And it's, it's a true narrative. I mean, it's not wrong Like, this is not new news. We all know that the media has certain narratives, manipulations, and plots against certain groups of people to make them come off as a way that they aren't. We all know this. But the truth is, when time comes to actually fight oppression, when time comes to actually stand up against something that you know is wrong, majority of people stay silent. You know why they stay silent? Because they know that they do not want to defend a group of people or someone in general that may be of a different faith, that may be of a different color, that may be of different anything because they know practically what goes on on the news and they do not want to get caught lacking supporting someone quote quote like that. But the question is, why are you viewing them like that if you know the media lies, if you know the media is its own narrative? I can't tell you how many people have literally told me like, oh you know, I support your faith, I did the da da da, like I know you're not like that. And then when I'm going through crap or just in general with a lot of other people when it's actually time for you to stand up and show the fact that you are actually running that truth narrative of oh it's freedom everyone different is allowed you know i'm accepting we love all people when it comes time to actually fight for that narrative they are quiet if you're quiet i'm sorry you're to an extent you much as mu- you're you're you're, you're a part of it. You can't tell them likewise. You're a part of it. You know what I'm saying? There's certain situations where you generally can't talk. That's different. But like when you see injustice happening blatantly in front of you and you're sitting there staying silent like, mm, I'm not going to say nothing." Really? 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 You think that's cute. You really think that's cute? It ain't cute. Don't do that. Don't be that person. But anyway, I went off on a tangent. I will definitely, inshallah, maybe include that it's an episode. But I hope you guys found this beneficial. I hope you guys liked what I had to say. I hope that this helped put some things in perspective. And, you know, just me talking about some of the experiences that I went through also help you ponder about your own situation and the things that you are going through. Um, I did want to say, because I, I had a lot of people ask me about this. I am doing classes in April, which I didn't do any this month of March. I know a lot of people were asking about it. I didn't get time, I didn't have time this month, I didn't have time this month, March was a crazy month for me, okay, in like February, I did classes on February on anxiety, and if you feel like you need help with anxiety, and that course DM me, and I will send you the class information, and link, and whatnot to join, but um, I didn't do any in the month of March, but for the month of April, I'm doing how to get over heartbreak, and how to heal your heart, because you know, it's Ramadan, I just, you know, it's cute it just fits nice right so that is the next course that i will be doing it's gonna be three weeks of work with like a powerpoint audio worksheets and journaling like a bunch of stuff like that so definitely um dm me or just check out my instagram highlights if you're interested in joining i have a tab called classes but um that's that for all the people that asked and i think that's everything thank you so much for listening may allah bless all of you assalamualaikum